Hello, and welcome to another episode of Houston. We have a podcast. Um, you guys probably haven't heard from us for a while, so uh, we just wanted to uh, to talk to you about movies, what we've been watching recently. Uh, some of these things will be new, some of them are not, but uh, we just we miss you. So um, <laughs> uh, I'm your co-host, Paulo, as always, and I'm joined by Carson, your regular host. Say hi, Carson. You know, we're just both co-hosts, you know. There's not a regular host and a co-host. <laughs> Otherwise, if, if there was a different tiers of host, you would technically be a vice host and not a co-host. We, oh, are, we are both uh, co-hosts. Thank you? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and uh, we're joined by new guest, uh, Dave. Dave, how's it going? Thank you for joining. Yeah, no, uh, like I said, I'm super excited to get the invite and uh, looking forward to talking with the two of you. And I will say that in my prep work for this episode, I listened to the Basketball Robot episode, and you definitely say that you're a co-host and Carson is the regular host in that one. So I feel like, like you know, this is a promotion for you at this point, you know? You've been I elevated mean, it, to just host now. <laughs> it's only been like two years, <laughs> but uh, I'm working my way up. Um, It, it must be all the... Uh, the the competitions that I've lost over all of our seasons, but uh, anyways, that's not important. What's important is today we're talking about movies that we've seen. Um, we're going to try and find some uh, hidden gems for you <laughs> during quarantine. Um, um, but before we get into all of that, Dave, uh, I want you to introduce yourself to all of our uh, many many listeners. Um, Give us a, a movie that represents you and a movie character that represents you. Yeah, I thought about this a lot, too. Um, and I think I have an answer now that I, I wouldn't like when I really thought about it. I definitely would have had the, would not have had this answer a year ago. But uh, I uh, I live alone with my dog and I don't really go out much. And so actually, after I think it was uh, Carson, you sent me the message. Hey, prep for, you know, who who do you think or which movie represents you? Um, I found myself literally talking out loud to my dog, asking him questions about movies, which is a thing I do a lot these days because I don't have anyone else to talk to. So I'm talking to coach and it, and I was looking through the movies that I own. I'm like, what, what sums up the situation? And I'm definitely going to go with, uh, Sam Rockwell's character from moon, uh, <laughs> who is just, you know, alienated on a space station, talking to a robot for a while that, that definitely resonated with, uh, with me. So that's what I'm going to go with. That's a very okay. solid selection. It is, yeah. Is, yeah. It, is that more of like a, a recent, uh, recent relation to the to the movie, or is it like overall? Does that expand past quarantine? Uh, I mean, I like. I've always liked the movie. It's a really great movie. Um, but I definitely relate to it more now and uh, <laughs> than I did before. Before That's that, fair. I don't know. Definitely, clearly, Pauly Shore from Biodome. Before that. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, cool. So is that so? That's movie and movie character. So you got Sam Rockwell and Moon, just keeping yeah. it within, within the yeah. family. But uh, I'll but I'll split it pre and post COVID, and, and I'll stick with Polly Shore from Biodome for the, the pre. Okay, cool. I'm not familiar with Biodome. I don't know, Carson. Are you? I actually have not watched it as well. It's one of those ones of like I've heard it a million times, but I've never actually watched it. It doesn't really hold up. Uh, you don't <laughs> really need to, but uh, it, it is. It is. I mean, it is the height of Polly Shore, if that's what you're looking for. <laughs> so one spike of Polly Shore. 
Yeah, that and that and I guess you know Encino Man is a, an enjoyable enough movie, um, but it's not. That's not a Pauly Shore vehicle so much as, <laughs> yeah. as the other ones. I'm not sure if I've ever seen any Pauly Shore movie. Like it's, I, I skipped over that entirely. I feel like if you're not watching them in the '90s, then like there's no point now. Yeah, they were a very point in time movie. Okay. <laughs> um, actually, just that, this is making me uh, curious, Carson. After so long, what was your, what was the movie that you introduced? Not the movie that you introduced yourself with, but the character. Actually, both. Uh, I so I remember one of them was Steve Zizou from The Life Aquatic. Because there's many different justifications and there's like uh, either here's something you aspire to being or like here's something that describes you. And I feel like that was more of the the aspirational side of uh, just that person who has a team who, uh, you know, they they found that purpose together and kind of working together as both like family and coworkers. Like I really kind of connected to that at a certain point. Like I don't know how long that desire will go in my life, but it's like when we did that first episode, I feel like that was what I was really connecting to at that time. When you said Steve Zissou, I thought you were going to say just because you're both motivated by spite and revenge. <laughs> <laughs> but there's like, I feel like there's so many like small emotions in that movie that it's like you can relate to. He's not like a 100% just like just this type of character. It's the fact that it's like he's kind of an asshole, but he's also like kind of a good guy. And it's like, I like those multidimensional characters where it's not just like a character in a movie. It's actually like, okay, a person could actually be like this. Yeah. That's uh, Bill Murray does that that so well in that movie. What was your first Paula? Um, I was trying to think of it while you were saying yours, uh, and I remember uh, Paul Rudd from I Love You Man. I think was my character, um, just because it's the the whole awkwardness with like just awkwardness in general. <laughs> um, and then the movie that I had picked, I think, was uh, Scott Pilgrim versus the World. Um, and it had to do with like just a bit of like a man child, uh, and like eccentric video game slash comic book like, uh, personality type. I forget something like that. <laughs> Big fan. I, I'm sure you've seen um, uh, the director, which has, because it was like the what whatever anniversary it is of Sp- Scott Pilgrim versus the World. He's been sharing out a bunch of stuff like. Yeah, uh, from the filming and, and stuff like that. Yeah, on uh, on Instagram, um, he showed there was a like a anniversary party or something for yeah, yeah. the yeah, um, which was like way back before before lockdown, which I was gonna go to, but then I don't remember why. I think I fell asleep. <laughs> like the case. Right before <laughs> the the quarantine started, I was actually going for a walk, and I finally went to Casaloma in Toronto, which is where they shot the scene with Chris Evans where he skateboards down the stairs. And I, I finally went to those stairs uh, only to realize that they are probably like one-tenth of the size that they are portrayed in in the movie. Uh, so it was yeah. a little disappointing, but I finally got there. That's a, that's a much better pilgrimage to stairs than like the Joker ones. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Of, Not of, really disturbing anyone. Yeah. Of all the, the stair pilgrimages you can make. Actually, where, where was that shot? Was that Chicago? Uh, no, yeah. I don't think so. Yeah. The Joker one? Yeah. That's like um, I've always meant to like try to go to Toronto and like go to a bunch of like uh, famous areas that like movies have been shot because there's actually been a lot of movies that have been shot in Toronto, uh-huh. yeah. and I've tried to go to a few, but there's like a bunch that have been shot way up north that I'm just I'm never gonna make that. Well, speaking of, uh, and I'm gonna break our like cardinal rule here, but for the boys, 
on Amazon Prime. I don't know if the I don't know if you guys watch it. I'm I currently season watching one, it. and I'm very excited to watch season two. Yeah, season two. It's up to episode five now. It's pretty good. But uh, a lot of uh, the boys, actually, pretty much all of it is filmed in Toronto, and a lot of it is filmed in like around the area of where my condo is right now, which is really funny. Like, there's I remember there's one chase scene in season two where they're running down a street, but then the next shot is they're running down another street, which makes no sense considering geographically where they are. I just thought that was interesting, but I mean, hey, looks great. This is the second time, uh, or earlier this week, I found myself in a very in-depth, multi-person conversation about Carl Urban, uh, and basically about how great Carl Urban is. I recently rewatched uh, Dread, uh, partially because I was excited for season two of The Boys coming out, and I was just like, just remembering how good of a movie that is, and like, not enough people talk <laughs> about it. I mean, Dread, is, and I'm, I'm sure like this is, you guys have probably talked about some of these before, but like. The Raid, A, is one of my favorite movies of all time. And Dread is basically just Carl Urban does The Raid, which is like, <laughs> yeah. hey, it may not be that martial arts movie, but God, that's an awesome premise for a movie. <laughs> it's hard for me to yeah. think about the first Raid because the second one is so much better, in my opinion, which is not to speak down about the original Raid, but it's like when I think of the Raid franchise now, I think I think the second one. I love both movies. Um and I think there's a real good case to be made to your point, Carson, that the Raid 2 is the better movie. But like, if I am drunk on a Saturday night at home and I want to watch one of those movies, like I'm probably watching the first one where like the Raid 2 is more of like, I'm having dinner, maybe haven't had any beers yet. Like, I'm in for a movie. <laughs> it's, That's fair. it's totally it's fair. The, the, my main complaint about the Raid 2 was that they had Mad Dog play a different role without any like explanation. It just... He's in the movie, and I was just completely confused the entire time. At the same time, I'm glad he was in it. I mean, yeah, I have no complaints about him being in it. I lo- I love him being in being him being in the Force Awakens. I was happy about him in anything, but um, yeah, that was just really confusing for me. And then going back to Carl Urban, um, I, I recently rewatched Doom, which is a bit of a mistake. Yep. <laughs> I probably should have watched Dread again, but anyways, <laughs> that's not important. Let's uh. uh Let's bring it back to here and now a little bit. <laughs> um, Carson, uh, what uh, what is the movie that you would like to uh, speak about today? So I am talking about uh, the Pixar movie from this year, Onward, uh, which stars Tom Holland and Chris Pratt in voice roles. Uh, if you're for those unfamiliar with the movie, it's basically it takes place in a, a D&D-esque world. So Dungeons and Dragons, for those unfamiliar, uh, where there's like magic and dragons and all these fantastical characters. Uh, but it's more of a kind of grounded family story where it's a story between two brothers. Um, I went in with pretty low expectations. One, because I'm getting a bit of Chris Pratt fatigue. Uh, I like him and all the things that he's in, but it's like the same thing that happened with uh, Benedict Cumberbatch, where it's like, okay, you're good, but I've seen too much of you lately. Um, and then Tom Holland, I wasn't like totally bought into, but I was very, very surprised that it was an extremely well done movie. Um, maybe shouldn't have been that surprised because it's Pixar and they've been pretty solid, but you know they're going a little bit downhill these days. Um, but yeah, it it for those who are kind of looking at the fantasy side of things, like it's very light on the fantasy. Like that's obviously the world it takes place in, but it really is a story about two brothers going on like this journey together. And like, I will actually admit to saying that 
Uh, I teared up a few times during this movie. Like it's a actually oh. very touching movie of like what they do with like the whole family element. Um, so, uh, I mean, I, I was telling you guys this before we started recording, but like, it, I would say it's probably my favorite movie of 2020 so far, which isn't saying a whole lot cause we haven't seen a whole lot this year. Um, but it, it's just another one of those Pixar movies that is just incredibly well done from just like the, uh, story perspective. Um, it is like, I don't know, at the end of the day, it is kind of a kid's movie, so it's like they do go lighthearted in, like, a few areas. Uh, but, like, Chris Pratt, I think, even though I have fatigue on him, like, he, he did a really, really well job, a really good job in that movie. Um, it, it's, maybe I have a little bit of bias towards because, like, I, I used to play D&D on, like, a weekly basis when the movie came out. Like, I'm big into, like, fantasy and stuff like that. But, I don't know, I, I was pleasantly surprised with it i don't know how like that's it's always hard to talk about movies that you like because there's not much to say other than like it's just good and enjoyable um but yeah i wanted to kind of bring that up i don't know if you guys haven't seen that's it right? a, it makes me i was saying earlier i really want to watch it because a like clearly you know what you're talking about and so the fact that you said it's the best movie of the year like that's really cool but i also play D and so like i'm always concerned when they when they shoot something like that like is this shot by someone who actually like played D and D or is this just someone who like, Oh, these are going to be wizards. Like, and so <laughs> hearing you say that as someone who also plays D and D that like, it's well done. Like that was my big concern about seeing that movie. So the basic setting of the story is uh, it's a world where fantasy and magic did exist, but people began to not believe in it over time. And so basically where it's at is a society where, you know, you still have dragons and unicorns and all these things, but there's no actual magic happening. Uh, and so Chris Pratt, he plays the older brother and he's basically a believer in the old ways where he's like, Oh, this magic, this is a thing. And he, like, he, he thinks he's a, a true warrior. And so he's kind of like what your typical or not a typical, but like a hardcore D and D fan would be in our world where he's like really big into like all this mythology and stuff like this. But the rest of the world is just everyday people. And they happen to be like elves and dwarves and all these things. So it, it's, I feel like you don't really need to be a fan of D&D or all that mythical stuff to get into the movie because they keep it pretty light. But if you like those type of things, they throw in enough kind of smaller references and stuff to make you enjoy it. Um, but it's like I could feel Chris Pratt's character was probably at, at some point designed or written by somebody who is big into D&D themselves. But also from the outside perspective, like – Maybe it was written by somebody who is a very self-aware, hardcore D&D player of like, they know how other people perceive them because Chris Pratt's kind of seen as like the loser of this world, but mm -hmm. he ends up being like a good guy by the end of the movie. Um, but yeah, no, it's, it's pretty well done from that perspective. As, as a fan of metal culture as well, like I was mostly intrigued by in the previews, he has the, the van with like the traditional mural painted on the side. There, that van actually becomes like a, a plot point of, in a few times. Uh, I, I don't want to give away the scenes, but like, if, if that is something that you that you thought was cool, you should definitely watch it. When I talked about tear jerking <laughs> scenes, there's one of those involving that van. Um, that's yeah. I I, I uh, wish I could get more into it, but yes. I will definitely check that movie out. Yeah, I feel like from your description, like Chris Pratt, as in terms of personality and voice, would be a great choice for that uh, that character, like the the loser type. Um, I'm not to say that he's a loser, but like just his like he has like a good uh, wondrous voice, like of like oh wow, this is everything's amazing, like um, 
and which but the only problem with that i mean for me at least is like i feel like when i even if i just hear his voice i just i can see his face and it's just like i can't get away from just chris pratt and then i'll think of him like with a raptor or something <laughs> but i mean well, i would i think one thing I, that helped is like the brother is kind of like a fat schlubby guy so he's not like if he was the same character as like star lord or whatever his name is in <laughs> jurassic world then i think yes i would agree with that i felt like it wasn't too bad because it was a different enough character than what he is seemingly playing everywhere else these days it it sounds like early early parks and rec andy yeah. more so than anything he's done lately yeah actually exactly. yeah no that would, that's a good that's a good comparison if you like. um and tom holland just doesn't have a strong enough voice to make you realize it's Tom Holland. He just seems like a little kid. So. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's actually, oh my God, I can't bring up the devil all the time. <laughs> Scratch that. <laughs> we'll edit that out. <laughs> it does make a point that I want to talk about. Um, but anyways, yeah, Onward is, that was on, uh, that was on Prime, right? Uh, I don't know if it came out in Prime. I saw it in theaters, so this was before the quarantine started. Um, oh, it must okay. have been like very early in the year. I don't know if it has since been released on any streaming services. Presumably, it would go to Disney Plus because it's Pixar. I'll check while we're doing this. I got it up here. <laughs> nice. Um, okay, I guess while uh, Dave is, is doing some research in the background, I'll bring up the movie that I saw recently, or one of the movies that I saw recently, which is... Um, I'm thinking of ending things, which is uh, not normally the uh, the type of movie that I would choose to watch <laughs> willingly. Um, I mean, yeah, my fiance and I we have this thing where we'll take turns. We'll pick three movies and then we'll narrow it down until we decide on one. And even then, it's like I think everyone knows how hard it is to pick something on Netflix when you're just trying to watch a movie, like a new thing, but. This time we ended on uh, I'm thinking of ending things because it was uh, phase choice uh, this this particular night, um, and it is a I mean it's it's billed as a horror movie or like a, a, a what's it mental not mental horror like what's it like a thriller thriller there's like a yeah thriller slash like oh god what's the genre yeah, it's like, i know what term you're trying to think of and i can't remember it either but it's oh, more like psychological man. thriller like psychological horror something like that yeah um so basically it's just it, this girl is going to meet her boyfriend's parents they're going on a, a road trip um and then it like there's not i can't really explain like there's not really a a story uh, a story <laughs> no i mean like it's i i can't really explain it without giving things away but it just like it messes with like they visit her, his parents and it just messes with like time and like perception of like who she is. And it, it's, it's just very, well, we can give the general premise, like the general premise, according to like the story itself, we'll get into like interpretations later, but it's like, this girl is going with her boyfriend to meet his parents and she's thinking of breaking up with him. And so it's like that okay. awkward dinner. Um, that's like, okay, okay. That's, yeah, that's, that's revealed the, in the trailer, so we can at least say that much. Yeah, that's um, the base description of this movie. Is it like, does it have sci-fi tendencies? You're talking about, you know, you're talking about time and perception and things, or is it like, like, how would you describe it in that regard? So I wouldn't say sci-fi. Like, I mentioned how, like, perception of time, but it's like, it's it's more of like a, a trip, like a 
like a trippy trip <laughs> when you're when you're at the boyfriend's house like when when they're at the boyfriend's house um it's it's just like you, it, it starts slowly very subtly like you notice things like oh she's wearing something different from the last scene or like it just replayed or like uh things are missing um it just like it, things feel off uh and it slowly gets more and more like um just outlandish i guess um and i mean it's it's hard to explain more without giving away a lot um which is funny for me cuz i like <laughs> i mean i i even didn't understand parts of it but so my um, question for you how familiar were you with charlie kaufman before going into the movie uh i've heard the name <laughs> okay cuz i, I think feel that's like that's about my level of familiarity too <laughs> yeah. so charlie kaufman he wrote adaptation uh with nicolas cage um i also want to say he did um eternal sunshine of the spotless mind uh did he I oh, think yeah, that rings so. a bell. I think. That's oh no, right. no, yeah, no. Anyway, I, I looked it up so afterwards. He wrote a bunch of movies, and then he has since started directing, and it really makes you feel like the directors of those initial movies were really taming down his ideas, because he's made <laughs> three movies: uh, Synecdoche, New York. I'm thinking of ending things, and Anomalisa, uh, which have just been kind of gone off the rails in terms of like it's more about interpretation than it is about physical events that are happening. And that's uh, to your question about sci-fi. Like it's not sci-fi. It's just weird things start happening that don't match how you see reality. And there's a reason why they've presented it like that, but it's not, there's no sci-fi premise. It's just they're presenting ideas for you to interpret or not interpret in certain ways. Interesting. That's yeah, that's, that's a good description. Like, cause I was like what I was enjoying uh, both my myself and my fiance while we were watching the movie we were both enjoying like trying to pick out things like oh maybe this is why or like this is why this is happening or this is what they're trying to show um throughout the movie like as the movie was going on cuz it was giving like little little hints or like just it was like building things but just like all the while being very very weird <laughs> um but then at the end like it would just like just at the end i found like it destroyed a lot of our theories without really being clear about what <laughs> what uh everything was supposed to mean which i think like to carson's point it's supposed to be up to interpretation um and i'm gonna stick with mine which i can't explain because i'll give away the whole movie but well, it's, so have uh, you read about? Because there is a very clear answer of what was happening. I I did read uh, an article about what everything was supposed to mean, and I, I mean, I prefer my, <laughs> <laughs> I prefer my explanation. But I mean, like, I understand it, and I mean, it's just, I, I think it boils down to the it not being the type of movie that I prefer, and I just made it into something that I wanted. <laughs> We were we were talking earlier about horror movies, right? And uh, and whether or not like if something is unexplained, like it can feel earned, and you're like I'm okay with it being unexplained, or it can just be like I never knew it was going on. This doesn't make sense. It's lazy. Like how does like where does this one fit on that scale? I feel like it's less about horror and thriller as more as it is like anxiety, like and it's not trying to oh. Because horror, <laughs> horror and thriller, like you're, you're, as you say, like earning it. Uh, but with the anxiety, like there's no earning it. It's just making you feel anxious. 
And I hate. Oh, I, I don't know if I'm gonna watch that movie. <laughs> but because yeah, like it does a very effective way of like this character doesn't know what's going on around them, and like we know that these things don't match reality, but we're not in that setting. And if like if and and that's what I think it does really well is like you build your protagonist as a character that it would be very easy for them to. You know, it's like, oh, what's going on with time? Like, whoa. Uh, but it's like, no, this person is like, how would you actually react if things like that were happening around you that you can't explain? And I feel like they gave those depths to the characters that made me want to understand. Because there's some movies where it's like, oh, the crazy shit's happening. And it's like, I don't care because you've lost me. But it's like, there was enough in the characters that it made me want to read into it to know what was going on. Because I felt like there was some real depth to those characters there. I guess. I mean, like, it's for me personally, the. the I, I felt like the characters changed enough, or like they were acting so strangely to the point where I didn't feel like there was a constant, like a. Like a, a, a development of the character to follow. I mean, there was a little bit, but it was just maybe the, the outlandishness or the weirdness just took away from that, which is like hard because, like, it's the point of the movie, as you learn later when you read about it, <laughs> but um, like, I don't know. It's just, again, I think it boils down to not, not being my type of thing. Like I would compare it to something like, um, like how you described uh, it, just you being anxious the whole time. It's uh, something like the witch or uh, um, to a lesser extent, the lighthouse, like those are, I, I would, it's similar in tone to those movies. Um, but my 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 dislike for those movies stems from the fact that nothing really happens after, or it feels like nothing really happens. Like we we have very differing opinions of The Witch and the Lighthouse because the, both those movies, I felt no anxiety. I was actually just loving being in the environment of what it was. Like, oh, I'm a hundred percent on Paulo. Like, I felt <laughs> the same way watching like The Lighthouse and The Witch of, and like I like those movies for me have to like it's a fine line to walk i feel like between like a like a a productive anxiety or like a, an engagement anxiety to some degree versus just like an uncomfortable feeling like that's a tough line to walk yeah that like like the anxiety that i'm talking about like the anxiety of the witch i'll compare to the anxiety of uh, uncut gems like uncut gems feels like you're 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 tense the whole time because it's just like a, a downward spiral, the entire movie of Adam Sandler's character. Whereas in the witch, like it's like you're, you're like uncomfortable because you think like, you're just waiting for something to happen. I mean, this is how I felt at least, but like you're waiting for something to happen the whole movie. And then it's just like, the goat kills him. (laughs) I haven't, uh, I haven't watched uncut gems specifically because I'm like, I got anxiety enough. (laughs) I mean, I would, I would highly recommend it as like someone that it would make me uncomfortable too. With like, I mean, maybe not as much as other people, but it it is a very good movie. But I digress. Instead of watching it, just get some people to yell at you for two straight hours, and that's basically the experience. (laughs) I mean, we were talking about Kevin Garnett yelling at people earlier, so yeah. Um, yeah, no, I, I think I will. The sports betting is recently legal in Chicago, so I'm trying to get into the 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 uh, degenerate gambling lifestyle. So I hear that's probably like a good, you know, starter kit for it. I mean, if you want to get into that lifestyle, maybe you shouldn't watch it. <laughs> <Good chance. laughs> All 
Um, but yeah, overall, like, so I'm a Charlie Kaufman fan going back to, I'm thinking of ending things. I was expecting more. I still enjoyed it and I liked reading about it. Uh, it's hard to say why without going into spoilers of what the movie's about. Um, without going too much, like there is an element of, there's a lot of movie references thrown in there uh, for like an intentional reason. And so I kind of enjoyed seeing some of those pop up. And uh, if you watch it, make sure to stay through the credits because they actually explain what all of those references are. Um, (laughs) So yeah, don't turn your movie off as soon as the credits roll. Um, But that was kind of like an added bonus for me that was kind of separate from the movie, but still worked. Oh, my bad. I was just done at the end. <laughs> like, especially the last scene, I think that completely lost me. And that was I, I, apparently supposed to explain what was happening. And it was just like, I, I at that point, I was like, I, I have no idea. Like, this is completely against what I thought was happening. And I'm just I'm done. <laughs> so I got there's... a question, and I think I know where you were going to fall on this, Carson. Like you mentioned, like afterward, you went and read about the movie and like what it was supposed to mean. Like, where do you stand on reading? Uh, you know, like deeper uh, reading about a movie afterward. Like, what's your stance on that? I so my preference is that everything that you need to know about a movie is contained within every frame of the movie. Like you shouldn't be required to look at, to read into something afterwards. But that said, I have found myself enjoying a few movies lately where you can go and read something as a bonus. Um, So both with, I'm thinking of ending things and the lighthouse Uh, after I finished watching those, like I went and immediately read up on it and I got more, which I, I enjoyed. And that was a good part of the experience, but the reading did not, was not required for me to enjoy the movie. Like if I did not understand what was going on in the lighthouse or I'm thinking of anything, I still would have enjoyed them because they're just good filmmaking and I can appreciate like the atmosphere and the mood that's going on. And both of those movies, like, and that's actually why I ended up watching the credits for that one is sometimes I just like being in the mood of a movie for a few minutes longer. And so I'll just sit and sit there during the credits. Um, And both of those movies I love just for the pure atmosphere of them. Um, And so the reading didn't, distract from it it was just a bonus on top of what something i already enjoyed so is it like talking about these is this one like from minute one to minute however long it is like is it a pretty like you're in from from minute one on this one yeah like uh, i'm thinking of anything starts with like a long ride where they're in a car and they're just having a conversation and for me at that point like i was just enjoying it like you don't understand all the references that are going on but like it's just like I, I enjoyed the the craft, like the filmmaking of it, and it's like I didn't need to know what was going on. I just I was enjoying being there. You know what I was thinking when they had that one like seventeen minute scene of the conversation in the car? It's like Carson would love this. <laughs> <laughs> I was I was enjoying it, and and nothing else because they were talking about like poetry and like like these old type movies, and I was like I don't know what's what they're talking about i get i'm they're just supposed to be like at at odds with each other but that's where the interpretation ended up like like giving me a bonus because it's kind of nonsensical but enjoyable from just like a comedy perspective when it's going on but then you read about it and you're like oh that's what was going on it's like okay that adds a little bit more to it so yeah will you will you watch it a second time knowing no there's no (laughs) <laughs> there are certain movies that I really enjoy and will never feel the need to watch a second time. Is that because of like you won't like you won't experience it the same way? Like you know what's happening, so it's like you won't be in the that mood you were talking about. It's for certain movies like that. It, part of the enjoyment is not understanding and like it's taking you for a ride. And so if you know where it's going, 
you don't have that same feeling anymore. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I think. Uh, I mean, it it just serves to uh, to to demonstrate the the different tastes that uh, that we have in movies. But um, I mean, I I wouldn't say it's a bad movie. It's just not my thing. <laughs> Yeah, it's. I enjoyed it. I wouldn't necessarily recommend it to other people. <laughs> <laughs> um, and yeah, that's all I have to say about that. <laughs> um, Dave, what about you? What have you seen recently that you want to talk about? Yeah, so this is. Uh, I had to. I had to check a little bit when we were getting started because I. I totally forgot to think about what I'd seen recently. Um, but uh, this past week I watched uh, Hashtag Alive, which is a Korean zombie movie, which is a genre. This is not my first uh, my first dabble in the genre. Um, but uh, so I watched that, which it, it, it was the right or or a very appropriate zombie movie for the current circumstances, since it's just a dude in his small apartment, uh, basically just instead of. And, and there is a pandemic. It's just a zombie pandemic. Um, but uh, it was, I enjoyed it. And um, I think it was, the reason I enjoyed it was because it's just, it was, it was something different about the, the zombie genre, right? Like it's, it's tough to do something super differently in that genre right now because so many have been done. Um, and I think the last two, I think of that I've seen have done pretty well. Like this one in the sense that like, there's not, really hoard like there are hordes but the hordes never really come into play that much like it's just kind of like one versus one and things like that and it's very isolated and, and it's just one guy on his own um i i think we talked about it earlier but like i think train to busan does it really well like does it differently well with the whole train thing so i think that's what i i was kind of looking for was just a a zombie movie that's not just your standard fare you know, run away from the hordes. Somebody gets bitten and hides it for a while. And then, Oh no, they're going to bite somebody else. And I thought this one did it well with just like what would happen if like, it it kind of felt more realistic of just like, we're all kind of locked in our apartments and this happens. And you know, where do you go from there? Yeah. I also uh, watched that one and I I feel the same way, but um, I, I mean, like, being a connoisseur of uh, zombie movies, <laughs> like I really like a lot of zombie. I watch a lot of them, like shitty ones, good ones. Um, like so, I've seen a lot of different, like a lot of the tropes that you normally see in zombie movies. And they're like, of course, some of them or a lot of them are in this movie. Hashtag alive. But I mean, there were nice moments, like different things, because like you said, it's hard to do different stuff at this point when it comes to zombie movies but there were like a a, a few different ideas which i really liked in this one um that i won't spoil because i i'm anyone listening go watch it (laughs) um and it was it was nice to uh to have that i mean i I guess it's kind of topical (laughs) uh just to have people locked in their apartments um and i i feel like i mean when it comes to korean I guess Korean zombie movies, I guess, because I'm just comparing it to Trade to Busan. But there's like, there they they do a lot of like random clever things in the mm-hmm. movies. Like yeah. it's wrapped in like a a regular, these are zombies and don't let them bite you. But then there's like, just clever like random things that like really make the movie, which I really appreciated. Um, even when there's like such an obvious trope of, I don't know if I can spoil this, like the guy that saves them. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I know what you mean. Like you, I saw that coming. Like I think everyone sees that coming, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, spoiler alert. I mean, but oh, sorry, despite, I wasn't trying. I wasn't trying. No, no. To. I mean, like me too. I'm, I'm trying to tiptoe around it, especially for you, Carson. I don't know if you really care, but I, I became more interested in watching this when you said it like all take place in one setting because I love one setting movies. I don't know if it's entirely one setting or just mostly one setting, but it's mostly okay. mostly yeah um i mean he is cooped up in his apartment so it's like mostly one setting um i, I have you seen uh the night eats the world no no i have not it's another zombie movie i think it's it's french or it's set in paris i can't remember if it was in french or if it was just set there it's set in french um set in paris um but basically it's a, it's the same it's a similar uh concept where this guy he goes to a house party at his ex's place and um he falls there's, asleep. there's your classic mistake right there <laughs> <laughs> yeah but um like he he goes to like collect his things and then he falls asleep in a room and then overnight like that's when the zombies the apocalypse happens apocalypse happens and he comes out and everyone's dead and now he's stuck in this apartment but that one, it's literally like he is in this room and it's about him surviving there, which is like the same concept as hashtag alive. But um, um, I mean, it's it's a lot more claustrophobic in that one. So to your to your question, Carson, or to your point, um, it, it, there's a little more wiggle room in hashtag alive. And I just thought it was. I thought it was funny, and I don't know if I can say this without spoiling everything, but like. I mean, I guess it says in the title, but social media turns out to be like a like an important. I mean, maybe not an important thing, but it's like kind of kind of the lesson. <laughs> yeah. Like I mean, there are there are benefits to social media, despite it being a generally to, terrible yeah, place. Like it's there's benefits. Like it saves everyone. I don't know. Um, which, which I found was weird, but like whatever. It was it was fun to watch. <laughs> one, one thing I liked about it is like in so many zombie movies that I watch, like it is very difficult to relate because everyone's running everywhere. And I'm like, nope, I'm dead because guess what? I'm not running all of these places. <laughs> like I'm getting eaten. Like this one was a guy like. There was nothing that he did that I was like, well, I'm out. There, there, there we go for me. Like it, it felt very realistic for someone who leave, who stays inside for days at a time, if not for walking my dog. <laughs> when I think about a title hashtag alive, I think about like, oh, people using social media to indicate where survivors are. But it's like, if you're using social media, you're a survivor. You don't need a hashtag for this. But I'm sure that has nothing to do with the movie. <laughs> I mean, the zombies can't do, like, tweet dead, hashtag dead. That's never, that's never established, to be fair. They never, they never closed that loophole that zombies True. can Maybe that's how they organize into hordes, right? They just, like, okay, flash mob, zombie flash mob here. <laughs> um, but uh, you were saying something, no. Shit, uh, Dave, you were saying something about uh, just before Carson... Mentioned the social media thing. Uh, sure. Uh, I think it was about <laughs> how, uh, like, I could, like, I felt like I could do all this stuff in that right. movie. You know? Yeah, yeah. No, because like the the guy is not like he's not particularly good at anything. He's it's not like uh, Matt Damon in The Martian where he's like a botanist so he can survive on Mars. He's just like a a schlub. 
He's not even like a like, super likable character. He's just he's just a guy. Yeah, he's a, he's a schlub who's getting by at the seat of his pants. Like he didn't go grocery shopping, so he has no rations. Like <laughs> that type of guy. And I guess it's like <laughs> good to to follow for someone like r- slightly relatable in certain ways for like a a gamer <laughs> type. Yeah, person. Like, I am I am not set up to survive any long <laughs> period. Of- like when the when the pinhook first hit lockdown first hit back in March, I was like, yeah, I've got like two weeks of ramen. I'm set. No, I got this covered. <laughs> so in that way, it's topical. If you <laughs> if you want to look at the pandemic in a different way, you can watch hashtag alive. And is this on Netflix or is this where? Yeah, it's I'm gonna Netflix. check this out. This seems uh, seems interesting. I mean, going back to like our differing tastes, Carson. I don't know if you'll enjoy it as much as we did, but um, it's no, uh, it's no. I'm thinking of ending things. That's for sure. Well, I mean, like something I brought up, brought up a couple times is like the uh, something I like about characters is like when they're actually multidimensional and they feel like real people. And so it's like the fact that you're saying those things it makes me kind of a little bit more interested in it. I would say so, yeah. And like the, the I think it does a good job of walking the line of like. Uh, a zombie movie without like the zombies being ever present. Like a lot of it is the struggles of like just what they represent of like everything is kind of, you can't go places, right? Like there is that ever present threat that's there, but like, it's more about the things he has to do because of them rather than like direct conflict a lot of the time. That basically reminds me of Zombieland 2. I don't know if either of you guys saw that, Uh, but it, it basically like when you pose the question of like, where can you really go with just killing zombies? And I think what that movie answers is not really anywhere. Uh, it <laughs> doesn't really do much. Yeah. I've not seen, I really enjoyed the first one, um, but I have not seen the second one. And I guess I don't have a particularly strong desire to. You should not. I mean, it's, it's one of the ones you mentioned before. It's one of the ones that you'll go to the pub and <laughs> get <laughs> blasted and then watch. <laughs> but, but it's not even like funny bad. It's just like, very generic and like nothing's really going on yeah that's that's the worst is when like a movie's bad but it's not like it's just it just is like it's not a fun bad you know i i will say this there's one character in zombie land 2 which i don't think you're supposed to like but i ended up just like really caring for her <laughs> even though she was quote unquote the worst and you're, I, I, I know who you're talking about like i don't think i felt that way about her i don't know like, she just seems she she just seemed so sweet and I felt <laughs> bad for her really, but like I would say I, she's I sympathetic by the end, but not like full on likable. I guess I'm maybe not likable, but I just like I just did. Yeah, whatever. I see where you're going. <laughs> she's, not, she's not even important to the story, but like. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, digress again. Uh, hashtag live recommend. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I would uh, I would definitely recommend it. If you're if you're into that kind of thing, right? Like that's again, I think all of these have been somewhat falling into a genre. I guess onward is probably like the most, you know, hard recommend. It seems like most most accessible. <laughs> uh, so I'm going to transition into our what are we looking forward things because I'm going to change my mind on what I'm doing based on what we're talking about. Uh, a movie that I'm looking forward to for similar reasons of like funny bad versus like boring bad is the new mutants. Uh, because a couple movies that I've been really interested in in recent years are like 
Suicide Squad and Justice League and movies that just get completely butchered in post-editing because <laughs> I find them very entertaining from the perspective of you can see the business on the screen. And from what I've heard of everyone who's seen New Mutants, like there's all these interesting ideas. Um, another example is Fantastic Four, where they try to do like Cronenberg uh, body horror in a superhero movie. Um, but the studio who's managing the movie just says, nope, we can't do that. So let's pull it back and not make it completely what we want, still have like some of those ideas, but then completely genericize it. Um, so that's what kind of the word is about like the New Mutants right now is like, okay, you got all these interesting ideas, but the director wasn't allowed to execute on them. So for that reason, I am looking forward to go seeing that mess and talking <laughs> about it and making fun of it after. If it's anything like the Fantastic Four movie, like the most recent one, then I don't know if I even want to go see it anymore because I was curious about it. But watching Fantastic Four on Netflix was like, I was just shocked that it, it was like upsetting for me. And that doesn't happen a lot. when I'm I, I loved the point when it became a full on horror movie when they were getting their powers. And they were like dying when they were coming back from whatever other place they were at. I was like, this the is really interesting. Making people's heads explode. Yeah, I'm like, I want two hours of this. And that's clearly what was intended. But the studio was like, oh, we can't do that. <laughs> I never thought of that movie that way. And it makes me appreciate it a little bit more. <laughs> I'm hoping the, the that. The most with... recent Fantastic Four, right? Yeah, and with the uh, the Snyder Cut finally seeing the light of day, the like second most trending hashtag in that uh style is like release the trank cut or really yeah because apparently it does exist um and i would love to see that one day i would i would like to as well i'm just surprised people remember that <laughs> was there anything different about the snyder cut like was that like i have not i i know that it's a huge thing but like and i know i heard that it was being released like did it make a difference did you watch it so it's not coming out until march next year um, oh, okay. But from what I know about it, it goes much more into like the weird stuff of superheroes. And like, uh, I'm a big DC fan, so like some of the the stuff that it's like regular, like most audiences, like that's too much lore for them in like one movie. Um, I think they wanted to like keep it very much on like what you know, like you know Batman, you know Superman. Let's keep it at that. Um, whereas those other ones, love lore. Yeah, and like <laughs> it's gonna like from what I've heard, really go into the lore and like go more into Cyborg, who's one of my favorite characters from DC. And from what I've seen in the trailer, it does look like it's the same plot, like they're going to get to the same endpoint, but there might be just some more character development on the way. Because um, Batman versus Superman, there's a ultimate cut for that. And I really hated Batman versus Superman when I first saw it in theaters, but when I saw the full like R-rated cut that was the full Snyder version, I was like, okay, there's a lot of character development here that you really needed to have in your story that you ended up cutting. Um, so I don't think it's going to be drastically different, but I think it'll be better and obviously better because the one that we got was terrible. So, I mean, I might have to check out that better cut of Batman versus Superman because I also did not think it was very good. Um, I wrote a 10,000 word essay on why I hated it when I got home <laughs> that night. Uh, and like, now I've watched it like, like four or five times. It. You just hated it that much that you felt the need to write 10,000 words about it. Yes. That is a burning hatred. <laughs> as as like a a dumb person, I didn't really hate it that much. I was just like, it was it was like fun, like watching the first Transformers. I feel like, <laughs> but like, I mean, I I I really do want to see a better version of it. But 
I mean, where can you even find it? Like the Snyder Cut of the of Batman versus Superman. Uh, I think that's just generally available. Like, I don't know on what streaming services, but like, it was released as like a DVD set. Like, it was officially released. Oh, okay. Look for it on the internet. Got it. <laughs> <laughs> All of these things available on the internet. <laughs> yeah. Which is side note how I watched Mulan because can't support can't support the Chinese government. <laughs> I'm totally okay with the idea of like movies getting released as like a thirty dollar premium release, uh, like straight to home. Like, I I pay that much to go see it in theaters. Like, I support that business model. Um, I would uh, if that becomes a more common thing, I'll get a better setup because that's worth it for me. But like, yeah, I'm I'm, I'm not opposed to paying thirty dollars for a movie to see at home. Yeah, it's interesting to read some of the stuff that like it clearly makes sense to do right now. But all of the contracts that they have with the chains. Like it is all legal. The reason they can't do it, like it's it's wild to read about some of that stuff. Well, I mean, it's especially relevant for Disney because they screwed over so many of the chains to you know force them to have a certain number of their screens dedicated to seeing Star Wars or Marvel at those ones. So they pushed them around, and then it's like, oh, there's a little bit of trouble for theaters, and we're just going to ditch you now. So yeah. I can see why they're upset specifically at Disney. Makes sense. What Dave, movies are you guys looking forward to? Looking forward to? Oh, I am looking forward to, we were talking about this a little earlier, we were talking about horror movies. Um, my brother and I, my brother lives here in Chicago with me, and like he has a wife and a one and a half year old kid, so, and his wife is not a fan of horror movies, but he is a huge fan of horror movies, so whenever like he has a night off or he comes over to my place or you know I go over to his place and we have a couple beers, like he's like, I want to watch a horror movie. So I, I, I watch a lot of horror with him, and we are both, let me make it I'm interested in watching the movie Freaky, and then I'll go back to my story. Uh, I'm interested in watching Freaky. Um, it's a Blumhouse horror movie that is basically what if the movie Freaky Friday was a horror movie, um, which I think getting back into what my brother and I, we watch a lot of Blumhouse stuff because A, for the, and I think generally they do some smart things in, in the genre. And I will be honest, I'm also just uh, like, I am obsessed with the business model of it. Like it has to be one of the most profitable companies in the world because all of their movies they make for like under five or $10 million and they all gross like 70 to 100. Like it is just wild the amount of profit that these movies make because people are going to go see horror. But I think like when it started to get good and everything, they, they have made smart decisions and they certainly put out some terrible, terrible movies, but this one looks pretty smart. I'm not a huge Vince Vaughn fan, but I think he's a he's a good enough actor in the right role, and he plays the role of the serial killer who then changes bodies with the teenage girl that he's going to kill, and then basically she has to, you know, do whatever the Freaky Friday situation is to get back into her body while also not being arrested by the police or murdered by the serial killer that's in her body. That actually sounds super cool, and I want to watch that. <laughs> Yeah, it's and it's done by the guys, and we talked about this a little bit before, Carson. It's done by the guys who did Happy Death Day, which I think is a good horror movie, good horror kind of comedy, over-the-top horror movie. Uh, but I agree that uh, you don't need to watch Happy Death Day too. So you said you didn't like Vince Vaughn, but uh, have you seen him in Brawl in Cell Block 99 or Dragged Across Concrete? 
No, I have not seen. I've, I've so, heard of the first one. I haven't heard of the second one. So the second one's from the same director, but he's started to get into more like serious roles and like where he's kind of more of an asshole type character, and he's actually pretty good at it. Um, one thing I learned while like reading up on those movies is that he actually used to be a boxer because Vince Vaughn's like six six. He's like a really big guy. Yeah, he's a big dude. Um, so he actually like fits in those roles quite well. So when you say this movie, like I'm actually excited for it specifically because of Vince Vaughn. Um, I think like he would actually do a role like that quite well. Yeah, the last and I haven't seen either of those movies, and it seems like I need to check it out. But I like I really soured on Vince Vaughn after uh, True Detective. Like that was just it was not good, and I don't think he was very good in it that season. And like that kind of soured me on him as a serious actor. So I'll have to go back and check one of those two or both of those maybe out. What Dragged Across Concrete and uh, what was the other one? Uh, Brawl and Cellblock 99. Yeah, I'm definitely going to check those out. Are Brawl they, and Cellblock you know, 99. I don't know where they're on the streaming sites, but Brawl and Cellblock 99 is much more of a uh, enjoyable kind of like violent mm-hmm. movie. Um, whereas Dragged Across Concrete is more of a... Uh, uh, drama type thing with like some violence and horror in it, but yeah, I recommend Brawl and Cellblock 99 more. Uh, I will def- I'm adding these to my list. I'm at, at, if nothing else, I'm getting a lot of valuable recommendations today. Uh, while we're talking about streaming sites, and because you say you're a horror fan, ha- uh, horror fan, have you ever heard of a uh, Shutter or used it at all? I I am a subscriber to Shutter oh. actually. Um, I don't use it as much as I would like at this point. Um, I, I originally subscribed to it because I was trying to find a particular movie. I think I was watching Old Boy at the time, and for some reason, Old Boy was only available on Shutter. And I was like, "A, honestly, I think it was it was like a year ago, and I think I was on like a, a third or fourth date or something." And it's, or no, it was a later date. I would not do an old boy on a third or fourth date. It was a, it was a later date for that. That's a, that's a big movie to introduce early on. But it was at some point. Uh, actually, Watch I think movie I love. Yeah. No, no, I think it's it was this woman that I'd been seeing for like two years on and off, and we were back on at the time, and so we were, and I'd always talked about old boy, so it was only available on Shutter. So I subscribed to Shutter, used it a couple times, but I, I haven't used it a ton recently. I, I've wanted to. I had heard of it because there was a movie called Blood Machines, which is like one of the few new releases that have come out during quarantine. Uh, so I got like the pilot for it, and it was absolutely terrible, and I never used Shutter ever again. So, <laughs> You know, I was trying to – so when we did our quarantine episode of the podcast, I downloaded a trial of Shutter because I wanted to watch the Wreck movies because the Wreck movies were apparently on there. It had it – oh, no, sorry, Wreck 3 or 4. What, what, are, the, those, what are the Wreck movies? Uh, Rec, um, it's a Spanish zombie movie. Um, it started off as, uh, have you ever seen Quarantine? Oh, oh, REC. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I've, I've seen those. Sorry. Yeah. Okay, I was thinking yeah. like WR and it was just not computing. So, oh, okay. <laughs> I was like, um, like a, like a shipwreck. I'm like, I know. Oh, never heard no, 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 no. <laughs> but have, have you seen all Rec movies? Uh, I've seen the first two at least, maybe the third, but I don't think I've seen past that. Okay. Well, there's a fourth one. I, personally enjoyed it but apparently that was supposed to be on shutter and it had rec 4 on their website so i took the the free trial and it wasn't even there (laughs) so i was so mad i just deleted it right away i like i canceled it i didn't even look to see what else was on there i was just so upset yeah i but i don't think it's on that i can't remember maybe it's on prime or hulu i can't remember but do either of you watch they were doing a series with horror movies where like each month they were coming out with a different horror movie based on like a holiday within the month. 
No. What? I think it was on, I want to say it was on Prime, and I'm not sure if Blumhouse was involved or not. My brother was talking about, I haven't watched My Brother Has, but I want to. Um, like, they did like 12 movies in 12 months, all horror movies, and all based on a holiday within the month, but it wasn't always the one you'd imagine. Like, one was, I think, like President's Day or some shit like that. But, like, um, my brother's been watching them, and so I'm going to check them out. And I think, as always with some of those, some of them are pretty good and enjoyable, and some of them are terrible. Presumably, they're like each movie is from a different director, and therefore the quality is probably all over the place. Yeah, 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 exactly. (laughs) Different actors, actresses, different everything, every movie. Interesting. And sorry, what what was this like? I'm not. I can't even. I'm not even sure. I think it's on Prime, or I think it's maybe on Hulu. I can't. I. I don't recall. I have to look it up. I, actually, I'm literally staring in front of a computer. There's no reason I can't look it up right now, <laughs> which I will. Right. Um, I'll it. But uh, it's. I don't know. I just like. Uh, even if it's a miss, like I like taking a swing. Like, like I like that concept stuff of hey, we're gonna go for it, and some of it's gonna be terrible. But I. I appreciate. Appreciate like cool ideas like that and going for it. That's fair. Um, what are you looking forward to, Paula? I'll uh, I'll keep it on the the horror uh, theme. Um, not a lot to say about it, uh, but I'm looking forward to the rental, which is already out. I'm just looking forward to it because I haven't seen it yet. <laughs> um, but it's directed by Dave Franco. Uh, really, directorial debut, yeah, and it's written by Dave Franco as well, and it stars uh, his wife Allison Brie who I'm a huge fan of because of community. Um, and um, I'm just reading this now because uh, Dan Stevens is in it, who uh, I think was the beast in beauty and the beast, uh, the live action remake. He was also really the care. guest from the guest. Sure. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I haven't seen that one, but um, yeah, I mean, Dave Franco and Alison Brie are the only two that I know of and particularly care about. But um, it seems pretty standard. I just want to watch it anyway, out of curiosity. Um, it's like a, it's like the, there's a there's a horror movie where people are like in a Airbnb or like a a hotel and there's cameras. They like discover hidden cameras everywhere. Oh, um, motel or something like that. I don't I don't remember, but I know the one you're talking about. Maybe I think it, it sounds. Oh, so vacancy, like vacancy, vacancy. That's the one. Um, what's his name? Wasn't Liv Tyler in that? Or was that oh, God? Three? I don't remember. I don't remember who's in it. I just remember the general. Like I've seen it, and it was it was pretty good. Yeah. Well, I mean, basically, it, it sounds like it's the same type of concept. Um, uh, but I mean, it's people that I like. So I saw a trailer for that or a review or something, and it had like all the screenshots were just red. Like there was like high contrast color on it, if I'm remembering the right movie. Um, and it reminded me of Mandy. And so I decided not to look into it at all because I hated Mandy. <laughs> you hated Mandy, huh? I'm surprised because like a lot of people who have similar taste in movies as me really loved Mandy. And I just like yeah, one or two minutes, one or two minutes into the movie, I was just ready to be done with it. And I, I loved a couple scenes at the end with Nick Cage going crazy. But like other than that, like the fir- whole first hour of the movie just was awful. It was definitely slow and over the top. And like, I don't know if I want to watch it again, um, but like, it was an experience for sure. I don't mind slow and over the top. Like, I loved The Lighthouse, but (laughs) it was just so pretentious. Like, there was just like, I hated the specific characters and writing 
and that's you think, why I couldn't follow it. You think Mandy was more pretentious than the lighthouse? Hundred percent. Oh God, I just, I wholeheartedly disagree with that. I want to hear this fight. Let's go. <laughs> just because it's in black and white doesn't mean it's pretentious. <laughs> And also because they're talking in old English. <laughs> they did a lot of research on that. The, uh, on what, the lighthouse? The, the language and the stuff. Oh. oh, oh, shit, I can't talk about it for this episode. We'll talk about it next episode. Something about uh, language and accents. Oh, we should save that one for next episode. <laughs> I, I've got thoughts. <laughs> I just want to say I've got thoughts. Okay, we got a good cliffhanger going for our next episode. Guys, uh, next uh I don't know when it'll be, but uh, we got we got stuff planned for you. But yeah, Mandy, Dave, what do you think about Mandy? <laughs> uh I, I liked I really uh, again, I I think it was it was exactly what I wanted Mandy to be, right? Like cuz when you saw the preview for the movie and and it is clearly Nick Cage going as Nick Cage as he possibly can and the director writing and leaning into that like, I mean, is it the best movie I've ever seen? Or, like, would I recommend Mandy to someone? I don't know. Or, well, I know it's not the best movie I've ever seen. And I might <laughs> recommend it in the right situation. But, like, that is exactly what I signed up for and was wanting to get out of that movie. Yeah, I, I will agree with that. Like, it delivers exactly what you think it's going to. Uh, and, like, the second half, like, just just skip to one hour in and just watch the second half. Like you don't need to watch the first half, but it's like the first half annoyed me enough to not enjoy the second half. The the first half for me at least gave me a, a passable reason to believe in Nick Cage's insanity. <laughs> in the where, second half. Where would you rank um, Mandy in terms of Nicholas Cage freakouts? Oof. Um, God, that's tough. I mean, Bad Lieutenant is is some primo Nick Cage. Like that's that's kind of <laughs> before Mandy. That was kind of like the the most Nick Cage movie for me. Um, God, the freak out in in Wicker Man obviously is maybe the the single best single Nick Cage freak out. But God, Mandy's Mandy's in the conversation. Ooh. But okay, so I would agree with that, but only for one scene when he's the in the bathroom. Scene. Yes. 100%. That's a 100%. wonderful scene. Uh, the rest of it is just violence, which is like, it's, en it's enjoyable, like, don't get me wrong. Uh, but it's like, when I think of good Nicolas Cage scenes, like, that bathroom scene was really, really good. Yeah, for sure. If you're, if the, the memorable Nick Cage scene will always be that bathroom scene, I, I can agree more. I'm writing Mandy on my fridge movie list right now. That's another one where make sure, make sure you're in the right, like, you've got to be in the right mindset for that movie. Yeah, that's not like a Sunday morning on a nice day type movie. That's like a... <laughs> No, no, no. That is a, a rainy Saturday night. Um, maybe you're doing some legal drugs. Who knows? That's <laughs> that's the kind of Mandy setting, I think. All right. It can be arranged. All right. Well, we will end it off there. And... Uh... As mentioned, tune in to our next episode where we will be talking about, among other things, Robert Pattinson and accents. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. Bye.